0: And this morning, I very strongly uh, know that I need to be t- talking this morning about the God who has defeated death. This is how incredible this God is and what that means for us, that the God we worship has defeated death. Is that worth giving me an amen for? I think so. And to get excited about. If we ain't getting excited about that, then we're not going to get excited about anything. Literally. The God who defeated death is the God we love and worship. And I hope today that after I've finished finished finished, <laughs> finished talking, declaring living manner to you that something of what's said will grab our heart, it'll apprehend us, it will arrest us, and new life will be birthed to such a measure that you can leave here today knowing that when you physically die, you're alive and well. Why? Because he has defeated death. When you and I physically pass away, because we are spiritual beings, we're still alive. Why then get upset about physical death? See, if we can capture what I'm saying today, it'll realign the way you look at life. It'll absolutely, 180% realign the way you view everything in life. If you know without a shadow of a doubt and have such a living conviction in your heart that when you physically die, you don't, what type of life would you live right now? Fear has no place in the life of a believer. Why? Because I know that I'm not going to die when I die, so why am I afraid of? Perfect love, Jesus Christ, will cast all fear out of me. Why? Because I know him and I know what he says is true. The challenge for me is, do I believe what he said is true? And do I carry a living conviction of what he said is true, not just a casual belief in my mind? And the God that I know and I'm coming to know more and I love and I'm loving more teaches me and tells me, hey, Greg, when you physically pass away, you are living. Do we know someone in this community who passed away, who's still alive, physically, physically, Died, came back because he was still alive and God put him back in his body. Anyone know that man? Ian McCormack, he's been here and spoken. So Ian did die, didn't he? But Ian was still alive, wasn't he? Why? Because you don't die when you die. You may not be in the physical place you were. You may not be in the shell. Some of us might be glad of that.
1: You might go, thank you, I'm out of that thing. Always did have a six-pack. Now look at it.
0: Always knew I was good looking. (laughs) Because when you raise up, because you're a spiritual being, you're alive and well. Created for eternity with him. Now Ian had the privilege of coming back into his body. Sounds a bit like Lazarus, doesn't it? Lazarus wasn't dead. He was just spending some time out of his body. Until God decided for the glory of God, he would come and call him back into his body. Why? Because I want to show my people some things. I want to show you I am the resurrection and the life. I want to show you and demonstrate it's me. I am it. And I can do anything. I can call the dead to life for things that aren't as they are.
1: This is how good he is. This is how amazing he is. Why am I going to fear anything? I'm not
0: going to worry about my job. I'm not going to worry about money. I'm not going to worry about this. Life is more than food and the body, more than clothing, he says. Why? Because I know when I die, I don't die. So I want to live the fullness of life now.
1: Why do we think men and women gave their lives for him? Because they understood what he
0: was saying. They understood the truth. They said, kill me. Set me free from this body. For I long to go and be with my Messiah. But if not now, I will live life to the fullest. Why? Because they knew, see? They knew that when they died, they didn't die. When you know you're free of that, you can live wholeheartedly for him and be free from every hindrance and every work and scheme of the enemy and your flesh that comes to try and rob you of the life he's got for you. That's my introduction. <laughs> Are we ready? I'm excited. Man, I'm getting more and more excited on him. I'm getting more and more and more of him in. And it just got to let it out. So let's go to Acts 2. And I'm going to, if we can get through all this, try. Acts 2.22. And there's four scriptures I'm going to read reasonably quickly and see how we go. I've got a whole lot of scripture for you today. Acts 2.22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man delivered over by the predetermined plan. In foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But, but, God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. It was impossible for him to be held by the power of death. Impossible for him to be held under the power of death. That's a promise for you and I. If I'm in Jesus, that's a promise for you and I. Jesus is going to raise me up.
1: Who wants to be raised up? You raise me up so I can climb on mountains. You raise me up so I can walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulder. You raise me up so more than I can be.
0: Now. See, the world sings songs that we should be singing. Why? Because we know Him. This is phenomenal. Come with me to John 11. John 11, 21. John 11, 21. It's good to hear all the rustling of the paper. Not the clicking of the apps. <laughs> Batteries run out. <laughs> Suck. How do I find that again? Paper. Original Design. <laughs> okay, here we go. John eleven twenty one. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection and on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? There's a statement and a half, isn't there? So is he the holder of all truth? Is he truth? Is everything he says true? And will it come to pass? So here we have a promise that he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Tell yourself you will never die if I am in Christ Jesus. And ask yourself this. Do I believe that? And I hope the answer is yes and amen and yes again. And if it's not, ask him to reveal the living conviction of these words in your heart so you can say with all authenticity and faith and power, yes. And then live from the new reality of the promise of this word within you. Because that's the purpose of it. Not just to stay abstract in a book, but to be in me, changing me, that I now live, think, talk, walk differently. Because of the living promises, the manner, I've received. He says, if you're in me, you're never, ever, ever going to die. She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son who of God, even he who comes into this world. Then just jump across to verse 38. So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. It's funny, isn't it, how um, this would be his reality. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Imagine being there. Imagine being present. Four days. The smell. smells like a guy's locker room. After a hard game of rugby or football or something.
1: The
0: stench. I didn't hear that. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Where are his eyes raised to? His Father. Where are our eyes? Where was he? Where's the Father? Are your eyes here or here? Set your eyes on the things above where Christ is seated. For you are seated there also in the spirit. But see, so often we live our lives or have our eyes here. And we walk around as earthlings, dealing with all the things on the earth. And these types of promises go right over our heads and don't affect our now. And they're called to. That's why they're here. And he says this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus was hanging around somewhere because he was a spiritual being. His physical body was in a tomb. He was living here and God called him forth from that eternal realm back into his carcass. And he continued to live with his spirit, flesh, body for however long it was. Why? Because when you die, you don't die. We're going to look at this towards the end. Where are you going to spend your eternity? Knowing that you live forever. See, if we capture this as the church, this will empower the way we share the gospel. This will empower our hearts for every single person who's going somewhere that's not aligned to where he came for them to go. If this becomes a living conviction in our hearts, not only will we be on fire, and lay our lives down for Him, and allow ourselves to go through the process of transformation and rebuilding by the power of the Spirit and letting go of self and grabbing hold of Him. Through that process, we'll have a renewed fire, a renewed life to share with people. Do you know where you're going when you die? Because you don't die when you die. God's smart, isn't He? And it's all encapsulated in keeping your eyes on Him. How about you come with me to 1 Corinthians 15? 1 Corinthians 15 50 to 58. I love the image that Rochelle and I found eh, for that PowerPoint. I think it says it all. 1 Corinthians 15:50. The mystery of resurrection. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed
1: oh, yeah. Whatever. that's exciting
0: <laughs> for this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality but when this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality then will come about the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory. O oh death, where is your victory, O oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death, where's your sting? So he didn't just die. His life, when he rose again, he rose and conquered sin and the power of sin. You let that gravitate and get into your thinking. He died to set us free from the power of sin. So yes, I am a sinner. So he dies for me being a sinner. And he says, Greg, I died for the power of sin. So you no longer sin. So you may struggle with it, but you need to realize I died from the power of it, the whole of it. And if you're in me more and more and more, you're going to sin less on the process of sanctification. Where is your victory, death? It's gone. Come with me to Matthew 22. Is this sinking into us? I hope our minds are being encouraged, realigned Renewed, Holy Spirit, renew our minds to the truth, Father. Renew our minds to the way you see and the way you think that we can live differently. Matthew 22, verses 23. This is cool. This is real cool. Jesus is talking to these men called Sadducees. They're just religious leaders. On that day, some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection That's a bit sad, isn't it? You say there is no resurrection. You say, well, I am the resurrection. So we've got a bit of an issue here, boys. There is no resurrection. They came to Jesus and questioned him, asking, Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother, as next of kin, shall marry his wife and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers with us, and the first married and died, and having no children, left his wife to his brother's. So also the second and the third down to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died in the resurrection. Therefore, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had married her. But Jesus answered and said... That's one complicated family, eh? (laughs) But Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not understanding the Scriptures nor the power of God. Do we understand the Scriptures? I don't mean intellectually, I mean in you, that then your mind is renewed, so you have a correct understanding of Him. So then that changes the way we live. And they didn't know the power of God either. What for? We're gonna see. For in the resurrection, they'll neither marry nor given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Angels like angels, giving our glorified bodies, perfect bodies. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? Have you not read what was spoken to you by God? See, so often it's easy just to say, oh, he's just talking to the Sadducees, he's not talking to us. No, the word of God speaks to everyone. So yes, he's talking to the Sadducees, but I believe he's also talking to us. Have we read? Do we know? Is it living? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. I'm the God of the what? The living. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I thought they died. Well, they did. But they're still alive. I'm the God of the living, the living people. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're alive and well. They may not be in this physical sphere. but They are in another realm, but are alive and well. Living.
1: That's an interesting thought, isn't it?
0: The God we worship is the God who has defeated death. That's my main point. The God we worship is the God who has defeated death. There is no death in Christ. Physical death is a promotion to glory when we are in Christ. When I die, if you come to my funeral, if you're around, please don't be sad. I want one party. You know why? Because I'll be back in original design. So, yes, I get the emotional, if you like me, you might not be there, if you don't like me, then there may be some people that cry, and that's okay. I cried at my dad's funeral. But I know where my dad went. So in my heart, I'm not sad, I'm not broken, I'm not devastated. Why? Because I know he's in glory. He's in the place I want to be at. That is a living conviction for me, and I live my life accordingly that's why it can be hard sometimes because that's a reality and you feel so disconnected from the earth and reattached into the eternal which is the true place we're all going yeah. and if we can capture what i'm saying it everything is reevaluated life is completely reevaluated When we understand the eternal perspective of what we're moving towards, everything gets viewed through that. So suffering only makes sense if I'm moving towards something far greater in Christ. So if I'm persecuted for my faith, if I can't see the purpose behind the persecution, which is an eternal perspective because I'm called to be a royal priest, then nothing makes sense. So if I can see above and my mind is on the things above, then everything on the earth is relevant. I go through the, the, the tribulation, the trial, the, the, the purging, the letting go of myself because I'm moving towards a far greater reality. So death has no sting. Death has no hold. It's not sad if I'm in Christ. It's a day to
1: glorify Him. Awesome! Because I'm in the presence of God. Where did the thief go? To paradise,
0: into the presence of the Lord. I'm now in the presence, remember me, you'll be with me. I bet you he was glad to get off the cross. It got trumped by something far greater. Why? Because we worship the God who defeated death, created a way that we don't have to experience death, but only life in him. And this can be hard because we've probably lost loved ones. Especially when it's about Where are loved ones going that don't know Christ? But the truth is the truth, and our feelings don't determine the truth. And the truth is there to motivate us, to inspire us, to challenge us, to get on board with the will of the Father, to go, Hey, I love you so much. Do you know when you die, you don't die, but you need to be in Christ, to be with Christ forever. And not in a place that we're going to read about, that the rich man found himself called Hades. I told you it was going to be a two-pronged thing. What did Jesus say to Martha? Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. So come with me to Luke 16 now with that in your mindset. Luke 16, 19. The rich man and Lazarus. Now There was a rich man. And he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. That's interesting, isn't it? Lord Abraham was dead, buried in a grave with his bones. How can he be beside his bosom? Because he's a living. Because when he physically died, he didn't die. Because he's in paradise. He's spending his attention in the presence of the Lord, isn't he? Okay, that's good news, isn't it? See, it's proof. Jesus is teaching here. Right, so he's buried... So he was uh, angels to Abraham's bosom and the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. So I thought the rich man died. He died, yeah? So now he's somewhere else and he's lifting up his eyes. What did Ian say? Ian McCormick, if you were here, about his testimony. He said, I knew I'd left my body but I had my hand and I went like that. And my hand went straight through my face. You see, you're going to know you. You're going to know it's you. You're going to be living. And saying this man is realizing a reality that's been spoken that he didn't believe when he was alive. But now he's actually realizing the truth is the truth. And oh, it's now too late. Why? Because we worship the God of the living who has defeated death. And this is a story about two men that are going to discover The truth was always the truth. And this rich man is now in Hades. And he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out, said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, thought dead people spoke. It's quite scary if dead people start speaking. Child, remember that during your life you received good things and likewise Lazarus, bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us there is a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, again, so there's a conversation going on in this other realm of the living who have all died but are alive and communicating with one another very clearly. And there is a reality outplaying, isn't there? A very clear reality that all these men know is outplaying. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, that you send him to my father's house, for I have I have five brothers, in order that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. Is this hitting us? The magnitude of the God we love and adore and worship and the magnitude of His design. I hope so. I really do. Because it's huge, isn't it? And it's, it's loaded on two ways. It's like if we can capture as His church, that in Christ there is no death, which means that then will set me free from the fear of death, which then will have me living a type of life on the earth that will reflect the way he lived, which ultimately will see me receiving the fullness of the reward, the inheritance, because I'm moving towards something far greater. Unbelievable. Is that unbelievable? The fully possible in him? And through that work being done, I now have a passion and a heart and a love for people that don't know that reality. Why? Because every one of us is a spiritual being made in the image of God, aren't we? And God is spirit. So we're spiritual beings. When I looked at my father in a box with his carcass, his flesh sitting there, I knew Alan Simnor had left his body. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that is a plastic version of the dad that I had. And I had the assurance and the hope that I knew where my dad was. What a blessing to be in Christ. What an absolute honor to be in Christ, that Christ would come and die for me, that I can experience that and know without a shadow of a doubt my dad is in the presence of Almighty God, in the glory of God, awaiting to be risen again for a fulfillment, possibly to come back and reign. Now that that's going to build some confidence in this guy to lay one's life down, to give my life to him. Why? Because I know when I die, I don't die and I'm going to hopefully be in that position Position, posture with him and come back? Maybe, possibly, don't know. But what about all those that don't? What about all those that have not yet heard? Have not yet been given the possibility? So we can't rest on that and rest on the fact of the blessing. The blessing is always there to create a purpose and a movement forward. That we would become missional in attitude and heart and mind. Why? Because we know when we die, we don't die. I remember a comedian once saying, how much do you have to hate me to not tell me about Jesus if you know what you know is true? That is a bit of a wake-up call, isn't it? So let's come into Revelation 20 because we're going to live forever. It's now about where. We're either going to wait in Hades for final judgment, or we're going to be in paradise, awaiting his return. Revelation 20.11. And if you're with us this morning and you haven't made a commitment to get right with him, to enter into and ask him to forgive you of your sin. I pray these words I'm about to read would stir you from your heart, not out of fear, guilt, but out of a heart conviction to come forward and to him, not forward physically, but just to reach forward in your heart to him. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead the great and the small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. Remember where the rich man was? He was in Hades. And they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of the lake, he was thrown, sorry, in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Just come with me to Romans three. Romans three verses 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. That word justified just means just as if you'd never sinned you'd never stuffed up you did you weren't a sinner so he's come and he's justified through jesus christ jesus is the only one jesus is the only one that can redeem mankind no other god can redeem mankind no other god can save mankind jesus is the only god who has defeated death rose again and will live forever we know some people have died and been resurrected again ian is one of them but ian will die physically It's Jesus that allowed this whole process for eternal life to be that quenched this thing called sin, which unfortunately we are without ever doing anything. Verse 25, whom God displayed publicly as the propitiation of in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the de- for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time, so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I just want to read you one more passage of John 3, verses 35, 36. John 3, 35, 36. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Christ took our sin on himself so we could spend our eternity with him forever because there is no death after physical death outside of eternal judgment. And so we're either going to spend a time frame in Hades awaiting that judgment that I said, if we do not know Christ, are not committed to Christ, or we'll spend it in paradise awaiting the return where he will reunite it all and the next phase of his plan will be at work. And we all have a choice and we've all been given a choice. And the good news, the amazing news, if we are in Christ Jesus and we are building that relationally, intentionally with Christ, then we will spend our eternity and the fruit of all that. And if we can capture that he is the God who has defeated death this morning, if we can capture that... When we die, we are alive because he's defeated that. The promise he's given us, it couldn't hold me back. It won't hold you back because you're in me and the same power that's in me is in you and you're a follower of mine and here's the eternal inheritance for you. Then our lives will be radically altered today. What a promise. And I just want to finish on this scripture which is so powerfully edifying for us of people that have made this commitment to him. And it's 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve. 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve to 22. Now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Remember those people? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. So if Christ isn't resurrected, what I'm saying is just a whole lot of garbage. Don't listen to any of what I've said. And we shouldn't even be gathering here today because we're wasting time. I'd rather be hitting a golf ball. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if, the, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Abraham didn't perished, has he? Isaac, Jacob, that man who had a crap life on earth. And Glory. If we have hoped, listen to this guys, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Whew. There's a wake up call. And here comes the good news. But. I think you love when he puts a but in because it all starts looking a bit drab and like, Whoa! and just at the right time, but comes along. But now Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Amen. That's where it ends. And I hope, Holy Spirit, that you today, Lord, will reveal deep within us your truth. Lord, that we would be stirred. Father, that we would be empowered Lord that we would receive this manna from on high and it would arrest us and apprehend us that you are the God who overcame death and there is no sting gone Lord there is no death in you, only life and I thank you that you've made a way that everyone that has passed away that is in you God is in paradise they're in the presence of you in that eternal place and they are alive and well and Lord, I thank you that you would stir our hearts. I thank you for this afternoon. That This is one of the reasons why we do what we're doing with the fear to demonstrate love, to be love, to, to show if the opportunities arrive as we give out resources and things, Lord, that we would share what we've even just heard in love. Give us wisdom and how to share that with people. Help us to com- comfort those people that have lost loved ones. Help us to be sympathetic and compassionate, Father, as we move through this and as we come Come into your truth the way you think that we can be free and free to live and be separated and set apart from this earth knowing that this earth is just a place we visit. It's not home. It's where we are living, but it's not where we're from. And we are servants of the high most to serve those on this planet who find themselves anchored to the planet who need to be set free from the world and all its ways. The so Lord, we stand before you and thank you that you have overcome death, that we may have life and life to the full now and in the future.
1: We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. So we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. We'll sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. Put those words up, Terry. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. Let's all stand, come on. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. One more time. Cause we see hallelujah. We see hallelujah. We see hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. Thank you for great
0: news, Father. Thank you for good news that in you we have life and life abundantly. If you are here this morning and, and you Want to get right with Jesus. If you know that it's time and you'll know because your heart will be going at a hundred miles an hour. The conviction of what I read will just be grabbing hold of you. I remember being arrested by him at the age of 29 and just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't deny that he was true. And if that's you this morning, I would invite you to, after we finish, just come down to the front. I'm just going to be right here and we can pray a very simple prayer but a deep prayer very simple in words but it's deep and powerful and meaning conviction and what it does in the power of the spirit and It reconnects reconnect you to him it will reconcile you back to him and his blood will come upon you or that sounds a bit his life and what he's done will cleanse you and his forgiveness will come and heal you of things that you know are getting in the way of you and him and it's a process. As much as that is an event, it then becomes a process of living a life. And He is there and he will empower you to live that. Because he loves. And he will love. And he will love you into life. And that's what I love. He's loved me into life.
1: Thank you, Father.